0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can let me get adjusted here, real quick. Going back and forth today, uh, two different words that I I really felt like I wanted to share. Um, And I settled in on a word out of Genesis chapter 25. It's actually something that the Lord dropped in my spirit a couple days ago. you know, one of the things... That I've definitely noticed, and for those of you that have phones and whatnot, you've seen it yourself, is that a lot of people have really, really done a lot of great things online um, during this uh, this shutdown pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of ministry online. I mean, I, I personally have friends and, and, and uh, people that I'm associated with that are pastors that are, are, are it seems to me every time I... Uh, I uh, put on the computer or 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 look online at Facebook. They're they're doing something. They're uh, they're just out there, and uh, I have a, a particular person that I grew up with, um, who had asked me to do something uh, last week with him. I thought he just wanted me to pray, so I, I thought that was no issue. He does uh he does a, a show each 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 morning at 8:37. It's about an hour long, not a show, but like a, a a prayer service at 8:37 in the morning, and then 8:37 at night. And he does it twice a day, seven days a week. Um, he's not he's not by trade. He's not necessarily a pastor or a minister. Uh, he works in the secular world. He uh, what he does is he does training. He trains. Uh, basically sales people. Uh, He's kind of like uh, somewhat of a motivation guy, but teaches sales. In fact, I might have him come in one day and actually once we get back to doing some of the things we do and maybe do a workshop on it or whatever have you, but that's what he does. In fact, he has a, uh, he, he trains, he worked for, uh, for Aaron's, the rental company uh, he trained all of their customer service people for the whole country. He was in charge of training all of them. Like he was, that was his thing. But he, uh, but he does different things like that. Uh, and uh, he had asked me to come on and, and, and talk a little bit about how this uh, pandemic and, and how, how what's going on in our, our nation, in our world right now, was affecting mental health and addiction. Uh, and uh, I thought originally that we were just going to pray. So I wanted to come on. I wanted to have you pray. So I was like, all right. He's like, you know, call me a couple hours earlier uh, next week on this day, and uh, we'll make sure that you're set up on your computer and, and that we won't have any glitches uh, with technology. So all right. So I gave him a call probably two hours before we were supposed to go on. And he said, yeah, yeah, I've been sharing it all over Facebook. You're going to bring a word and this and that. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, all right, yeah, let's do this, you know. Um, so... Uh, I really just started, you know, I started to ask the Lord, I need a word uh, to deal with this, and, uh, and he gave me one, and, uh, you know, I felt like I would eventually share it with you. I think it, it ties in uh, to, uh, to not just what we're doing now, but it ties into addiction and, 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 and just life decision making, but I really feel like the Lord wanted me to, to, to share it today. Uh, So I'm going to share with you today, um, and the title of what I'm going to share with you today is Now Is Not Forever. Now Is Not Forever. And uh, Genesis chapter 25, I will be reading from verse 21 through 34, if you can follow along with me. It says, Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So she called him Esau, which his name means hairy. Afterward, his brother, how would you like to be called Harry? right? Afterward, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years when he bore, when she bore them. So the boys grew up, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents, and Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew. This would be fitting exactly on what their personalities were. And Esau came in from the field, because he was a hunter, and he was weary. He was tired. He was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, "Look, I am right about to die. So what is a birthright to me?" Then Jacob said, "Swear to me on this day." So he swore to him, and he gave and he sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Title of The message, like I said, was now is not forever. We look at this portion of scripture, we can see uh, that Jacob and Esau are are twin brothers. They were born uh, of Isaac and Rachel. Now, Isaac, Isaac is the son of who? Abraham. Isaac was the son that was brought up on the mountain, was going to be sacrificed, and the Lord provided a ram in the thicket just to familiarize where we are in scripture and who these uh, these people and bible characters are uh, so they are very close to abraham very close in lineage to the abrahamic blessing you know god told abraham that he was going to bless him and he did so abraham being blessed obviously that Birthright was passed down to Isaac. Isaac was blessed. Isaac was going to be able to pass down his birthright to his elder son. Esau was his oldest son. The name Esau, like I said, is hairy. So obviously he was hairy. He wasn't too smart, obviously, here, as we can see in Scripture. But he was definitely hairy. He was a man's man. He was a hunter. He made his dad proud. His dad loved him. And his younger brother, just by a few minutes, his name was Jacob. We know the, the name Jacob as we look in the original language. It means supplanter or heel holder. The reason why he was named that was because he was holding on to his brother's heel. The word supplanter means uh, uh, someone who, who, who does a, a switch, who, who goes in place of something. And we can see how this is all working into place and how how nothing happens by accident because he literally was born second and was holding on to the heel of his brother. So that was his name. But his name also means su- supplanter, which means trickster or con man or 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 uh, scoundrel. Those are some of the words that we used uh, out of that same word. So we can see that God in 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 his in his uh, in his mind. We look at things that they happen uh, by accident or happenstance, but it seems like everything that seems to be happening seems to line up with some kind of divine purpose that's going on here. So we see that Esau is, is, is born. He's a hunter. He's going out in the field, and he's bringing in uh, a game so that the family can eat, so he's, he's providing. He's useful. He's a man's man. We know that hair is also biblically a sign of strength. Uh, he, I'm sure, he was a strong man physically because of, of what, what what he would do, going out and, and and hunting in the field. We know that they didn't hunt the same way we did. They didn't have like you know rifles and stuff. They went out and you know who knows, probably tackled a game or whatever you know, or made spears or whatever they had to do uh, to get to, to get food. So so he was a man of the field, a man of the ground, a strong man. And uh, he had come in, and the Bible says that, that he was weary and that he was tired and that he was faint. And it goes on to say that that, that, that his brother, who it seemed looks like he tricks him. he see, he lives up to his name. He's a con man. And he says, listen, he says, I'll feed you, but I want your birthright. Now, you look at this and you say, man, this is like the worst possible decision that anybody could ever make. This guy is going to give up his birthright. And what his birthright is would be uh, the the spiritual authority and leadership of the family passed down from the father. It would also mean that um, a double portion of the wealth and and the finances, uh, if, if we would use a word for today, would be passed on to him so that he would be the wealthiest, he'd be the most powerful, and he would carry on uh the family name now I said earlier that their lineage was very close to Abraham so I mean there was a lot of authority there was a lot to be passed on Uh, a, a lot of leadership position to be passed on to Esau if we look at this so he gave up a lot and we look at this man and we say man this man is a fool this man how could someone make it like that But how many of us can say if we take inventory of our own decisions in life, there have been moments where we've given up our birthright or giving up a lot more than what we wanted to give up for such a simple thing? And if you read on here it says that 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 Abraham says well what's what's the difference I'm about to die. Now if you look at that and, and you study that it, it he wasn't saying that he was about to die. He wasn't that weary. What is this what he was saying was listen, I'm eventually going to die anyway. Life is short. What is what does it really matter if I give up? Give up this. I'm hungry now, so let me get what let me fulfill my desire or my need right now. So he winds up giving up his birthright, giving up some, something that holds a lot of value for something of very little value, or something that was very, very temporary. In fact, he probably could have just put his brother on a headlock and took the stew. <laughs> you know? But instead, his brother saw an opportunity and he says, Listen, give me your birthright and i will i, I will uh, I will feed you, and when we look at this, we say, "Man, what a mistake, what an accident! How is this guy making this decision? But if we look even in scripture a couple of verses earlier, when the Lord gave a word to his mother about him, it said that the younger the older would serve the younger, so in the middle of all this dysfunction, in the middle of all this terrible decision making, we see that it was already prophesied and spoken by the Lord that this was to be. And sometimes when we look at situations and we're like, oh my God, everything is falling apart and this can't be happening and, and we, it must be out of God's will and evil is prevailing, sometimes even in the middle of all that, it's just God putting pieces and doing things as he declared he would or that he planned in his heart and his mind to do anyway. And that's where we have to trust him. And that's where we have to lean on him and believe that he knows better when we're going through these situations. So he gives up his birthright. He gives up the in, the inherited leadership and intho- authority of his father. That's important. He gives up the inherited authority and leadership that would be passed down from his father because he was tired. And as I look at the landscape of, of America and, and maybe even you, Uh, uh, right now, you can say there are a lot of things that we're tired of right now. We're tired of isolation. How many people are tired of, of being isolated? How many people are tired of the depressing news that you hear on the news or on the radio? For those of you that have have access to those things. And I know I'm tired of, of all the politics and the conspiracy theories and everything going on. One thing for sure is I know that we're probably all tired of the unknown, of not knowing what is going to happen. As I know one of the, 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 the hardest things to, to, to rest on right now is the fact that nobody really knows how this is going to play out. Even the professionals, the scientists, they're, they're uh, you know, I listened to Cuomo a couple days ago and he said, the reason why, he, he said, I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know what's going to happen in a couple months. I don't know what the fall is going to bring uh, if there's a second wave of this stuff. And, and he, said, he said, and I talked to the greatest scientists in the world and in the country and I'm telling you this, that nobody knows. And that is kind of scary to have no idea if you're depending on man's wisdom and man's knowledge or your understanding or you're having a peace of mind to, to, to get through the day or get through the week or get through this, it could be very, very scary. And you can get very, very tired of not knowing. And it can really put you in a, a hard, difficult mental place, a spiritual place, emotionally, because there's so much unknown. But not us because, thank God, there are some things that we do know. And one thing that we do know that is that God is in control and that God loves us and that God cares for us. And although there are things we don't know, there's a lot that he does know. There's everything that he does know. And we also know that even the things that are, as we sang before, that are meant for harm for us or seem like they're going to be for the bad, God has a way of turning things around for the good. He has a way of doing that, and even in this. So we may be tired of the unknown and we might be scared of the unknown, but I'm here to tell you there is someone who does know, and he is our heavenly Father, and he is a Father that is full of love and full of grace. And although you don't know, you can lean on him and trust in him, that his purpose and his plan and his will for your life is good, is good. The enemy wants us and people to make permanent decisions based on temporary situations and that's why the title of this is now is not forever because I am telling you now that although we don't have answers for sure or although it feels like this is not going to end I can promise you now is not forever now is not the time to get scared now is not the time to get to a place where you give up on your faith now is not a time to make decisions with your life that are permanent or can be permanent because you are are temporarily going through a situation. Temporarily going through a situation. Over the last two weeks, I know personally of six people now that I personally know. I mean, there's, 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 there's thousands. I mean, there's probably hundreds of people that I actually know that are facing this. But I know specifically of six people that have relapsed during this time of 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 quarantine and during this time of this virus. Um, Some of them have had years, years of sobriety, not days, not weeks, not in a program out of a program for years. And have relapsed, three of them of which are dead, three of them, three. And that all happened in a week's time, seven days. I had three people that I know personally that died from drug overdose. Um, the isolation does different things to different people the unknown does different things to different people it can be scary it can be scary to not know what's going to happen for many people uh, they've lost their, 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 their finances they've lost their security some people have just lost their jobs their businesses So although we have the virus itself and getting sick, a stressor or something that could obviously scare people. You have all the other things that happen. All the other stuff that happens in our mind, in our heart, the things we think about, we feel each and every day. Those things are real, too. Those things are real. You have the practical things like, well, Uh, I'm sick, or I know someone that's sick. I lost someone, or the fear of getting sick. Finances, people losing their jobs, losing finances. Those things are practical. They're real. You can, tangible, you can touch them. But there's the things that you can't touch, like fear itself, anxiety, depression, There's people that are suffering, and some of you in this room might be suffering right now. And that's real. I mean, you can't touch depression. You can't touch anxiety. You can't touch fear. But it's real, especially if you're the one experiencing it. But it's in those moments and times that we often give up or go or or give up ground or give up things that have been given to us from the Lord for a temporary fix. Sometimes we just run because we don't know what else to do. And sometimes people go back to old habits because they just don't know what else to do because they don't know how to work through their feelings or work through their emotions or. Find peace. And they think, and we take things that are temporary, like being hungry, wanting a meal. And it sounds so foolish, but I know a hundred times in my life that I gave up a lot for a very little payback. You know, during this time, they say domestic violence is up three times. Three times. So that's not the direct effects of the virus but it's an indirect effect of what's going on emotionally and mentally right now. Child abuse and sexual abuse is skyrocketed. People are locked in with their abusers. Suicides. People are dying, killing themselves over this. People are connecting with people that they have no business connecting with because they're bored, isolated. Pornography. People are indulging in pornography, either starting a new habit or going backwards to old habits because of this. People often, because of temporary situations and circumstances, indulge in things that will eventually affect them permanently I saw something and um, on uh, online and, and I believe it's true I mean I didn't confirm it but that there's even porn websites that are giving free months away right now thinking like oh this is a great time to lock people in at home bored Let's get them hooked. It's like the dope man saying, the first one's on me. And people are making permanent decisions on temporary situations. And sometimes we give up so much more in a moment of weariness and tiredness because all we see is what we have in front of us. And brothers, I want to tell you that the Lord has so much for each and every one of us, for your families. Do not be tempted when going through these situations and circumstances. It may not be this. It may be one in the future. Or maybe you can uh, think back and connect this to, to another time in your life is where you were willing to give up everything. For a bowl of soup because you were hungry at the moment. what is our spiritual blessing that he was giving up his birthright? what is our birthright? Our spiritual blessing and and, and because of I'm not going to take the time to read the whole the whole chapter or a good part of the chapter in Ephesians chapter one. Basically, verse 3 through 14, it talks about every spiritual blessing. It talks about our spiritual inheritance that we get from the Lord. And this is what God has for us as our inheritance. Ephesians, in the first verse, in the third verse, chapter 1, it says we have every spiritual blessing. Well, what is every spiritual blessing? It's a blessing of being chosen by Jesus It's the blessing of being adopted into God's family. It's the blessing of complete acceptance by God in Jesus. It is the blessing of redemption from the slavery of sin. It's the blessing of true and total forgiveness. It's the blessing of riches of God's grace. It's the blessing of the revelation and the knowledge of the mystery of God's will. It's an eternal inheritance, is what Ephesians chapter three says. It's an eternal inheritance, but that means that means we have a heavenly. It's forever. This inheritance that we have passed down to us is an eternal. It lasts forever. Another blessing that we have from the same chapter is the guarantee of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual blessing. And these are some of the things we give up when we give up our birthright, our authority as a son. Do I have any sons in here today? Do I have any sons in here today? There is a spiritual blessing that you inherit that's passed down to you. And when we look at Esau, we say, man, he gave up so much for a bowl of soup. But I want to encourage you today that what he had inherited to him does not compare to the inheritance that each one of you have in Christ Jesus. You have an eternal inheritance, so it will never end. It lasts forever. And there's nothing that Esau was getting that compares to what God has given you in Christ Jesus. So the next time that you're weary, the next time that you're faint, the next time that you're tempted to give up that inheritance for a bowl of soup, I want you to think about this moment. I want you to think about about what God has for you, the blessing to be called a son of God that he's given to you. I want you to think the fact that as stupid as you look at Esau, on and say, brother, how can you give up so much for so little? I want you to talk to yourself, to speak over your own heart and say, I'm way too smart for that. God's one done way too much for me in the past and I refuse to give up my birthright because of a temporary feeling that's going to be a permanent decision. Can I get an Amen. How many people are are going to remember that they have a birthright the next time you face temptation? You have have a spiritual blessing that God has given you in Christ Jesus. You have something that that goes beyond all wealth and all authority. And the the authority that was passed down from one son is passed down to the next. And guess, guess who gets that? You. You're a son of God. You're a son of God. That blessing is yours. That inheritance is yours. Don't be tempted in the middle of this circumstance, in any circumstance, to give it up. The next time someone asks you if you want to drink, because one day it's going to happen. The next time you run into that person that you know that it is a connection to get that pill or that drug. Or the next time you're sitting with your phone And you're tempted to look something up or on your computer that you're not supposed to. Or the next time you feel tempted to connect to that girl or that that person or that someone make a phone call or a text message. and, And you have that moment. I want you to think about this. It could cost you your birthright. It can cost you everything. Overfeeding one little bit of hunger for a minute. When guess what? If you would have just waited on the Lord, he would have satisfied that anyway. I've seen so many people run after things that the Lord would have just given to them. And in the middle of running after things, they lose everything. Running after relationships, running after feelings. They lose everything. And I want to encourage you today that God has so much for you. And that now is not forever. What you're facing today is not going to last forever. Life is not always going to be like it is today. Situations are going to change. You're going to change. Your surroundings are going to change. Now is not forever. Don't give up what God has for you for temporary fixes. Amen. Father, we thank you for your grace and for your love. We thank you, Lord, that we could trust you, Lord, that every promise that you've given us, that you will fulfill. That we know, Lord, that you're a good father. And Lord, the authority that you have, you passed to your son when he defeated Death, hell, and the grave. And we know when we put our faith in Jesus, that same authority is put you've, you've given to us, that we have authority. But there is a deceiver that will come, Lord, to try to trick us to give up so much for so little. And, Lord, we pray that during those moments of time that we would think of you, that we would think of this word, that we would think of this story, and that we'd be able to, to to gain strength from it, Lord. And that we would know that we don't want to give up our spiritual blessing for a temporary fix. Lord, I pray that in these next moments, in these next days, in these weeks, that we would gain strength, Lord. Even for those that are weary right now, that are at wit's end, that are just tired of this, that even now in this moment, that you would offer strength, Lord, to them. And Lord, that we would be a people of purpose. Lord, knowing that as as you knew what was going to happen in Jacob's life, and we knew that he was going to get the birthright, and that he was going to be blessed, and that even the, the tribes of uh, of of all of Israel would become come out of his loins we know that lord even this present circumstance and the, and the situation even our bad decisions behind us did not take you by accident that you have a purpose and a plan for each one of us and that you're going to turn around what was meant to be harm to us for our good Lord, let us see those things, how the story plays out when we're in our moments of temptation and struggle. When the thought comes to just to give up and to quit, to go backwards or to grab on to strongholds or different vices that we grew accustomed to at a certain season or time in our life. I pray for every person that's dealing with anxiety and depression suicidal thoughts, every person that's thinking about relapse and leaving and running, that they would have strength today to call on you one more time. Not trade what you've given to them for a bowl of stew. As foolishness as that foolish that sounds foolish to me when you read that foolish but god i've been foolish i've been that one help me to never and help us to never be that person again In jesus name we pray amen